number two. <clears throat> Amen. It's good to be saved. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter number two. I want you to pray for me and feel real good today. I don't know whether there's something blooming, something going around, uh, but that's all good. That's all good. We'll, we'll make it through it. Amen. Uh, Acts chapter number two. Uh, I wanted to go a little more detail into the ministry of the Holy Spirit and, and how he is a blessing and, and, and ministers to us specifically after we get saved and why it was so important for us to, or for the early church to wait for the promise of his coming and wait for that to take place before they began uh, their great commission. And so we're going to go into a little more detail about that and then we'll, we'll continue next week on through the chapter. So let's just go back to, uh, let's, let's look first, let's look first if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, look at verse 4 of chapter 1, and then we'll jump over to chapter 2, okay? Look at verse 4 of chapter 1. <clears throat> and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me, watch this now, for John truly baptized with water, baptized, meant to immerse in, to put in completely. That makes sense, say Amen. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. All right, now we're going to see the fulfillment of that here in chapter number 2. That makes sense, say amen. All right, let's look in chapter number 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven, and when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue which we were born? Then it gives a list of all the different places they came from and the different languages you would have seen or heard. And, and it says this, verse 11, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, or the word glossa is languages, in our own language, the wonderful works of God. And all God's people say it. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you so much for the, the, just the opportunity to be in your house. And Lord, thank you for freedom. Thank you for the uh, liberty with it. We, we have to be able to, to show up if we want to and stay home if we want to. Uh, Lord, we, we were not held at gunpoint. We didn't have to sneak here. Uh, God, we have, we have freedom, and we have the privilege of being born in a country where we can do this. Lord, everybody doesn't have this opportunity, and I, I don't take this for granted, and I thank you for it. And Lord, I thank you for those that came out tonight, Lord, to hear your word and to study your word. I know they've probably been working all day and, and are wore out and tired, but I pray that you'll give them a special blessing for coming tonight. I pray that you'll encourage them. I pray that you'll strengthen them. I pray that you'll open our eyes to truth tonight that will be a blessing to our hearts and help us to be motivated, to be more like you, and Lord, to understand what you have truly given us in, in the, the person of the Holy Spirit. 
God will thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Jesus promised. Jesus promised in his prayer that he was going to send help. Uh, when Jesus told them, all right, you got you to keep this in mind. <clears throat> you got to keep this in mind. All these guys, all these guys were minding their own business when Jesus come by their way and told them to leave everything they knew and leave everything they were, leave their careers and leave their families, leave everything and follow him. He said, leave the boats behind, leave the nets behind, leave your, your parents behind, leave your families behind and follow me. So they did. They dropped the nets, they left the boats and they followed Jesus. Three years they followed Jesus. Three years they learned from Jesus. Three years they, 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 they experienced some incredible things. They, they, got to see, they got to see men walk on water and they, they got to see one lad's lunch turn into a smorgasbord that fed thousands. Somebody say amen. They got to see the dead raised and they got to see lame legs walk again. They got to see the blind be able to see again. They, they got to see some great opportunities and they were afforded a chance to hear the greatest teacher preacher that ever walked this planet. And they were following Jesus. And Jesus, he was making all kind of promises and he was making all kind of predictions. Jesus was claiming to be the king, the Messiah. The one that was promised, the one who would come, and the one the prophets talked about, and the one that they had heard about all of their life, and they believed him. They believed him. Only problem was, is the plan, it was not going to be fulfilled in the way they thought it was going to be fulfilled. They thought Jesus in his power, I mean, if he's got power to walk on water, if he's got power to, to, to command the, the, the wind and the sea to obey him, if he's got power to do all of that, surely he can do something about these Romans that have us in bondage. And he's going to kick the Romans out and we're going to rule and reign with him. Man, this is going to be great. But he didn't do it that way. And it wasn't going to be that way. Jesus began to tell them how reality was going to be. And that reality is that he would be arrested. That reality was he was going to be crucified. He would be killed. He said the shepherd is going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? This is John 13. He said, yeah, I'm going to have to die and I'm going to have to leave. I mean, the man that they left everything to follow. The man that they gave up everything and they had all their hopes and all their dreams. Everything was resting on this man, Jesus. And now you're telling us you're going to leave? And that brings us to John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. Not only that, he said, not only am I going to prepare you a place, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you some help. I'm going to send you my spirit See, it's not going to be me in the flesh on the outside. It's going to be me in the spirit on the inside. You see how significant this is and how important this is? And he said this, if I don't go away, he cannot come. But if I go away, I will send him 
And he will be in you. And this is what we're seeing take place. This is the fulfillment. Here in Acts chapter number 2, this is the fulfillment of that promise. This is the fulfillment of the prayer that Jesus prayed to his father that we'll get to in just a second. He said, I'm going to send you help. You're not going to be on your own. I'm going to send you exactly what you need to fulfill the commission I'm giving you. Ladies and gentlemen, don't underestimate and don't, oh, listen, or excuse me, don't overestimate and don't underestimate the importance of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. We don't hear a lot about him in, 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 in modern day churches unless it's in a charismatic form where it's, it's taken wrong and taught wrong. But you need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the directing. You need the feeling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Why this is so important. Why this is so necessary. So let's, let's just jump right in. And we, we got to clarify. We got to clarify a couple of things. And, and I know sometimes when we use terms, uh, it's, it's kind of confusing to folks. So I, I want to try to use an illustration that may help you understand uh, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit and, and the importance of both. And, and then what uh, at the end, I, I put another paper on there. I told Dustin, I said, listen, I got three pages and I need that, that copy machine to use a stapler. He said, three pages. <laughs> I said, yeah, but we're just going to breeze through the third one. Amen. He didn't sound real convinced at all. But either way, let's look at this. Number one, the baptism of the spirit. He says in verse 5 of chapter 1, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, a scriptural baptism, and this is why we, we, we have a big tank, all right? So you can go completely under the water. Are y'all with me? Baptism is a symbol of the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. All right, we don't sprinkle here. We don't, we don't believe sprinkling is, is biblical at all whatsoever. It is a sign of immersion to go under, to completely submerge in. And, and I'll show you why in just a second. So he says this, we're gonna, when, when, when I send the Holy Spirit, he's going to baptize you by the Holy Ghost. Okay. Now, we see this take place in chapter number 2. Now, let's look at the difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, A... If you're writing this down, the baptism defined, defined. Let's look at this. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, it says, for as the body is one, as the body is one and hath many members, and the, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now let me illustrate that. Paul is illustrating this. There's one body standing up here in front of y'all. I got different members of this body. I got fingers, I have hands, I have arms, I have legs, toes. They're all different members of the one body, but it's still the body. Does that make sense? And everything's important. Everything. If you don't think your little toe that's never seen is important... Kick it on the side of the couch when you go to the restroom at night. And what happens? All of the body responds to that poor little member. Right? Because it's part of the body. It's all connected. We're there. 
And he is using that physical illustration to describe the body of Christ. All right? Which is the church, by the way. Now watch what he says. For by, y'all there? Look in your notes. Verse 13. For by one. You see that capital letter? That's the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? For by one spirit are we all baptized. Watch this. Into. One what? One body. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. doesn't matter whether you're a slave or a free man. We've all been made to drink into one. For the body is not one member, but. Now let's go back to 13. Go back to 13. For by one spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized. What's the next word? Into. Into one body. Are y'all with me? Now look at Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 26. For ye are all the children of God. Now, now, now watch. Now watch. He doesn't stop there. You know, you see people on, on, on TV all the time and, and criticizing Christians and criticizing people that believe the Bible. And they say, we're all God's children. No, not, not unless this takes place. Watch this. For ye are all the children of God by in Christ. That's how you become a child of God. Now you may be all God's creation, but you're not all God's children. You're not a child of God till you're adopted into the family through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That makes sense? Now watch this. For as many of you as have been into, there's that word again. You read me? Baptized. Into what? Christ. Have put on Christ. Now, we, we, we see in, in these two different sets of verses that the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. Does that make sense? All right. He puts you. That's the spiritual, that's the spiritual truth. That is the spiritual happening that takes place at salvation where the Holy Spirit places you in the body of Christ. All right, now, let me keep reading. When that takes place, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all, what's that word? One in Christ Jesus. Now this is a fulfillment, this is a fulfillment of Jesus' prayer in John 17. Watch what it says. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which also will believe on me through their word, that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, see how the wording is, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be even well, Now, what is that one? It's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, but Christ. Christ. I in them and thou in me that they may be perfect in and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Now, look at Acts 2.8 and we'll see the baptism experience. And I'm going to show you a little illustration. All right, the baptism defined, it is the placing of the sinner into the Savior. 
into the body of Christ. All right? Now, the baptism experience. When does this take place? Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, Acts 11.15. This is Paul, or excuse me, this is Peter uh, arguing his point of what happened with Cornelius in Acts chapter number 10, which is in the next verse I gave you. And he's telling what happened. He, he is there sharing the gospel with Cornelius and him, and he shares what happened. He says, as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning, talking about chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. In other words, what Peter is saying, the same thing that happened to us Jews in Acts chapter number 2 happened to these Gentiles in Acts chapter number 10. Y'all with me? Now watch. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the... Now, what, what happened? What did Peter witness? He, he witnessed them being baptized by the Holy Ghost into the body of Christ. All right? Now, look what it says in, in Acts 10, Acts, 40, Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spake these words, this is the actual occurrence. The Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. So what did he witness? He witnessed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He, he seen them. God came in and dwelled those believers. Watch this. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. In other words, all the Jews that was with Peter, they couldn't believe it. The same thing that happened to them. Because remember, they thought they was the chosen. Now God is showing them that everybody's in. Everybody can get saved. Everybody's part of the body of Christ. Are y'all with me? Say amen. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues. This was an outward manifestation of what had happened on the inside. And magnified God, then answered Peter, can any, now watch this now, watch this now, are y'all to believe in baptism for salvation? Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? In other words, y'all reckon we can water baptize them? That's what he's saying. Anybody want to hold, anybody want to uh, uh, forbid these guys from being baptized? Because the same thing happened to them. And Acts 2, that happened to us. God's accepted them, so they need to be baptized. Now watch this. Did the water baptism take place before or after the baptism of the Holy Ghost? After. Now watch this. Watch this. So, what does Romans 8, 9 say? Look at, look at the next verse. Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Watch this. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're not saved. Oh, don't be flipping, flip back. If, now follow me, I'm going somewhere. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're not saved. If you have the spirit of Christ, you are saved, correct? Isn't that what that says? All right. When the Holy Spirit fell on those Gentiles and they were baptized into the body of Christ, they had the spirit of God. So were they lost or saved? Saved. Was that pre-baptism, water baptism, or after water baptism? That's right. 
Don't ever let somebody tell you you had to be water baptized to be saved. That one single verse destroys that belief. They had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell upon those believers before water baptism. And if you have the Spirit, you are His. Church, say amen. All right, now, watch this. What happens? What happens at the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Here we have the sinner. Here we have the sinner. All right? The sinner, and this is, this is just a simple illustration to help you understand what took place. All right? We have the sinner. The sinner believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Paul, Paul or excuse me, Peter said, if you'll repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, correct? Which one of these? Okay, all right. You'll get the Holy Ghost. You'll receive the Holy Spirit, right? That is the indwelling. Say that word with me. The indwelling indwelling where the Holy Spirit comes in to the sinner. He said he will come to you and and be in you, right? So the moment you believe, the moment you believe, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, right? All right, at that same moment, at that same moment, y'all with me? When? At that same moment. All right, I need to hear it. At that same moment, he, the Holy Spirit, baptizes you, places you in Jesus Christ. So when you get saved, you are you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit places you, baptizes you into the body of Christ. Let me ask you a question. How secure you reckon you are? That brings a whole new light to the word sealed. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Let me, let me give you another illustration. Let me give you another illustration. All right. I need some volunteers up here. Quick, quick, quick. Some of you young people run up here real quick. Us older people are tired. Come on. Come on. Come on. Steve, you young enough. Come on. Let's go. Dole, let's go. Come on. I need about 10 people up here. Quick. Yeah, y'all hurry up. Just listen to your preacher. Just sit right there. Don't move. Come on. There you go. Stand right here. Got some more? Come on over. Come on over. Come on over. There you go. All right. This is the body of believers. This is the body of believers. All right. Come on over here. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. All right. This is the body of believers, right? Let's just say, let's just say this is the early church. This is the, this is the 120 early believers. Man, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're indwelled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, there is a spiritual body of Christ, all right? Every single child of God that believes, every single child of God that believes is placed into this body. So, as the Holy Spirit is moving and people get saved in this world, come on, ladies, <clears throat> people get saved in this world, the Holy Spirit takes every believer and watch what he does. He places them in the body of Christ. Now, they are, they are neither male nor female. They're neither Jew nor Greek. They're neither free nor slave. They're the one body. When God sees them, he sees Christ. All right? John, he, he repented. 
he got saved. He was such a heathen. <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit takes him. He takes him and places him with the body of Christ. This is what's happening over and over and over again. That is all. Please get this. That is all the baptism of the Holy Ghost is. It is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the placing. That's what baptized means to place into, to immerse into. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He is placing the new believer into the body of Christ. It is a spiritual reality. Say that with me. It is a that happens at the moment of salvation. Yeah, y'all can say that too. Okay, say it with me. It's a spiritual reality that happens at the moment of salvation. Not one single verse in the New Testament commands you or even suggests that you need to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are, there are denominations that are teaching you that you believe in Christ and somewhere down the road when you really get serious about God that you, you pray hard enough that you'll, you'll get baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's not one single scripture says that. Not one. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It is when the Holy Spirit indwells the believer and places them in the body of Christ. It is defined, if you look in your notes, it is defined in 1 Corinthians 12 and Galatians 3. That's where you get the definition of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is God placing every believer and making them one in the body of Christ. If that makes sense, say amen. Okay, body of Christ, y'all may be seated. Now, what, what does the Bible... What does the Bible say that is our part of this deal? You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is all God. It's all the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's not determined by us. It doesn't depend on us. The only thing that determines the baptism of the Holy Spirit is our salvation and our turning and repentance into Him. And when that takes place, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. But it does say, it does say, be filled with the Spirit. So that's the second thing. All right, now, we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is the placing, that is the act where the Holy Spirit places us into the spiritual body of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that makes sense, say amen. Now look at number two. Let's look at the filling of the Holy Spirit. What's the difference? What's the difference? Okay, when we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. He comes and he dwells in the believer. All right, here's, here's two things, two things. A, write this down. We see the explanation of being filled. <clears throat> the explanation of being filled. This is in Ephesians 5, 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. All right? We, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. It is not in reference to filling a cup. It is in reference to influence. In other words, a better, a better way of illustrating this, how many of y'all have seen a sailboat? 
Y'all seen a sailboat? All right, how many of y'all have seen pictures of a sailboat and the air fills the sails of that boat and pushes that boat? Does that make sense? That's, that's the word we're talking about. The air fills. It is, it is uh, uh, influencing, pushing, directing, guiding. And when he says be filled with the Holy Spirit, it means to be completely submitted and obedient to the directing and the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. If that makes sense, say amen. So the filling of the Holy Spirit is determined by you. It is determined by your submission to him. Now let's look. Let's look. All right. The verb is in the present tense, which means keep on being filled. Keep on being filled. So it is an experience we should enjoy constantly and not just on special occasions. And the verb is passive, which we do not fill ourselves, but permit the spirit to fill us. To be filled with the spirit means to be constantly controlled by the spirit. Underline that. Underline that. To be filled with the spirit means to be constantly controlled by the spirit. All right, now I want you to read this next line for me. I want you to read this next line for me. Baptism of the Spirit equals. All right, let's say it again. Baptism of the whole. Uh, baptism of the Spirit equals. All right, the filling of the Spirit equals. See the difference? All right, let's try it again. The baptism of the Spirit equals. All right, the filling of the Spirit equals. All right, now let's look at the baptism of the Spirit. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide, abide with you forever. Even the what? Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Watch this. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Okay? So the baptism of the Spirit is I have Him. I have Him. All right? The filling of the Spirit is He has He has me. Galatians 5.25 If we live in the Spirit, let us also... In other words, if the life we have, we have it by the power of the Spirit. Let's walk accordingly. Y'all with me? He that hath the Spirit have life. My life that I live is the Spirit that I need to follow. I need to be obedient. I need to be uh, submissive to His directing and His control in my life. Now, this this is a terribly, terribly neglected aspect of the Christian life. If we could all just understand this and get this, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it would dramatically, it would dramatically change everybody's life. Because you would move, you would move from operating in your power, in your intelligence, in your ability, to operating in the power and the wisdom and the, in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Now, which one do you think's got the most? Are y'all with me? 
When you make your decisions, he'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you which direction to go. He will help you. He will strengthen you. He will empower you. But we have so many Christians that you have a power inside of you that you're not taking advantage of. But when you begin to submit, now here's, 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 some, of the reason, here's some of the reason that we don't. Because the first thing that's going to happen is when you submit to the Holy Spirit, he's going to start house cleaning. Am I right, Brother Steve? Yeah, ask Steve. <laughs> Steve come to DMD. Steve come to D&D with the sole purpose of winning other people to Christ. Helping lead a micro church, if you will. So he wanted, he wanted the Holy Spirit's power to win somebody to Christ. And you know what the first thing the Holy Spirit told him? You got some garbage in your life. So before the Holy Spirit, and I don't, I don't think you're going to mind me saying this, before the Holy Spirit was going to empower him to lead someone else to Christ, he had to get some junk right in his own life. See, that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll, he'll get all up in your business. And there's way too many Christians that don't want that. Well, I, you, know, I, you know, I want to go to heaven and everything, but I, I, don't, I, you know, I, don't, I don't really want somebody to kind of, you know, telling me what to do. Well, that's not how this works. And so we'll struggle through life. We'll struggle through life and we'll get beat up. And we'll be constantly on Facebook telling how bad our life is and how, how hard things are and how I'm just struggling and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, if you just submit to the Holy Ghost, he'll help you through all that junk. Now, either, either the Bible's lying or we're not taking advantage of the power we have. Does the Bible not say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Y'all with me? He, he said, he told the woman at the well, he said, if you believe in me, man, I, I can tell you, I, there'll be rivers of water flowing out. I mean, you won't even, you won't ever thirst again. He's talking spiritually, talking about the Holy Spirit bringing peace and joy into her life. It's, it, it, it's, it's a shame that you see so many Christians that are, so frustrated and, and, and aggravated all the time and don't seem, don't seem to have any joy and don't seem to have any peace. When, when one of the fruits of the Spirit's peace, joy. How about love? Right? Okay. How do we do this? Okay, preacher, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How's that work? Okay. Man, I'm glad you asked. <clears throat> I want you to see B, the process of being filled. How does this happen? How does this happen? Does going to church, does going to church make you filled with the Holy Spirit? Lord, no. I was talking to a guy, I was trying to witness to him at the barbershop. And he was a different flavor, and he didn't really appreciate Which Which, you know, even if I was a different flavor, somebody's trying to tell me about Jesus, I would at least appreciate that. But he didn't. And he said, uh, he said well, I go to a different church. And I said, well, you know, going to church is really not, where you, where you go to church is not the, the greatest amount of importance, but knowing Christ. Do you know Christ? Well, why would I go to church if I don't know Christ? I said, man, there's a lot of people who go to church and don't know Christ. 
right? So does showing up at church fill you with the Holy Spirit? Mm -mm. I wish. That'd be nice. But that's, that's, not, that's not the deal. Watch, watch what it says. Watch what it says. Let's put these two together. Watch the connection here. Right, I don't remember what I put as far as your, your blanks, but write this down. We see the study of the scriptures and submission to the spirit. There's two things that are connected here in being filled with the Holy Spirit. Two things that go together. The study of the scriptures and the submission to the spirit. And I'll show you what I mean. There's two sets of verses that are so together and they're so identical that you know they go together. Watch what it says. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Be not drunk with wine. We've, we've said that over and over. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now watch what's, watch what's going to take place when you're filled with the Spirit. Watch what's going to take place when you're filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read that one verse again. When you're filled with the Spirit, it says you'll be speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, here's what happened. Brother Steve began to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, Steve, I don't like Metallica. <laughs> Metallica is not spiritual. Metallica is not edifying. So what did he do? The Holy Spirit led him to change that. So he could sing psalms and spiritual songs, singing melody in your heart. I know y'all think, oh, come on. Did that happen, Steve? There you go. I don't know if y'all can hear that over here, but he went to sing, and I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary and saved a wretch like me. Boy, I got God bums on my arm right now. Y'all see what happens? I don't even know what Metallica sings, but I guarantee that was better than that. See what happens? And not only that, you're going to be thankful you're going to be thankful. These are evidences of, of being filled with the Spirit. He's going to fill you with a song. What, what does he say? What does the psalmist say? He, he, said, he, he said this. Uh, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my foot on a rock, and established my going, and put a new song in my mouth. Say amen. amen. You see, this is spiritual. God will give you a song. Y'all with me? Now watch this. Now watch this. Now, now keep in connection. That is connected to being filled with the Spirit, right? In other words, being led by, being guided by, being influenced by the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Watch this next set of verses. Colossians 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When you got the word in you, look what's going to start happening. You're going to start admonishing one another in and and singing with grace in your hearts. Does that sound familiar? And watch this now. Watch this. It ain't finished. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving and the Father by him. Does them set of verses sound familiar? So would you, would you agree with me that there is a direct correlation with being filled with the Spirit and, and having the Word of Christ dwelling in you richly? I want, to give you, I want to give you being filled by the Spirit for dummies. <laughs> How many of y'all need that version? Y'all ready for this? I see some over here show needs it. <clears throat> here, here's being filled with the Spirit for dummies. <clears throat> Get you a Bible. Say it. Read it and do it. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Put them together. Put them together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, put it in you. And then do it. You know what we're you know what we're doing you know what we're doing in in, in, in DMD and in our staff meeting and, and we're trying to to get our our life groups transition to take a verse of scripture a portion of scripture how many of y'all believe the word of God's powerful Amen. how many of y'all believe it's powerful without any commentary without any anything it's just all by itself it's bad to the bone <laughs> and read that scripture and then just go do it just go do it. You would be amazed at how your life will change. But watch how this works. Well, I don't think there's a whole lot of Christians being filled with the Holy Spirit. I agree. And it's not because they're not going to church. It's because they're not taking any home with them. We're to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And, and let's be honest, let's be honest. Some of y'all are, really, you get more entertained than anything because you don't remember nothing to say when you leave. So how are you going to do what you can't remember? And I'm not, hey, listen, I grew up in this movement. I grew up in a movement where most people didn't even bring their Bibles to church. Hung out, they love the fellowship, they love hanging out and talking and, 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 and having, having friends and all that. And, and some of them would hang outside in the foyer uh, till, till the, the preaching started, wouldn't even come into the singing. And then come in there and just sit through that for years and years and years and years. Now you can't tell me you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they have a surface knowledge of Scripture. Yeah, they could tell you that they could tell you that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, and they could tell you that Noah got on the ark. But a kindergartner can tell you that. 
and they wonder why their lives are falling apart. Because they're not, watch this, they're not utilizing a supernatural power that is indwelling them because they're neglecting the word and the word is what the spirit uses to bring it out. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Be not, listen, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And the same thing is going to happen with both. If you will fill your mind, if you will fill your heart with the word of Christ and say, whatever you tell me, I'm going to submit to it. I promise you, I promise you, you're going to, your life is going to completely change. Because you're going to have a power that you've never known. You're going to experience a peace you've never had. You're going to experience a love that you, you didn't think you could have. Steve, I'm going to tell on you one more time. <laughs> Can I tell them about the, 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 the lady in the outfit? In the, in the, in the, okay. All right. Brother Steve, he's a patriot. Loves his country. Flagged the whole deal. He's a little different than some of y'all. But great guy. And, and when those Twin Towers fell, it, it, it really upset him pretty bad. Like it did a lot of us. And, and, and when we say the words never forget... But the problem is that is, is patriotism was turned into hate. And I'm just giving you his testimony. And when he decided that he, he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said, you got, that's got to go. You, you, can't, you can't be filled with me and be filled with hate. And God broke his heart. He came to my office. He came to my office and he had a, a deck of cards. Some of y'all remember back during the war that there was a deck of cards that had all the terrorists on it. Had all their pictures on it. Saddam Hussein, his son, the whole, I mean, the whole deck. And he came into my office with tears in his eyes and he laid it on my desk. And he said, preacher, for all these years I've masked hate by calling it patriotism. I said, well, go burn them. He said, I don't want them. You take them. <clears throat> last week, last week or the week before last, he had to go to Atlanta. How many of y'all know there's some different folks in Atlanta? He's in, the, he's in the store. He's in the store and in the, in the uh, checkout line. And he turns around and there's a Muslim woman standing behind him in the full garb, the whole deal. Huh? And her daughter. And he said, I just turned around. And there would have been a time in his life, and there would have been a moment in his life when that would have done nothing but stir up hate. And he said, I turned around and I seen her, and I just gave the biggest smile. And she gave me the biggest smile. And he said, the Holy Spirit just told him, see? See? What's the point? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will change 
your life. There was no way, there's no way possible that Steve in his flesh could have responded like that. But under the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll have a love you've never known. And all God's people see it. Watch this, we've got to hurry, we're running out of time. All right? How many of y'all see the process, how it's connected, the, the, the scriptures and submitting to it? Read it and do it. Say it with me. Say it again. Just do what you read. Obey what you read. Okay? Now, see, the importance of being filled. First, we have the propagation of the gospel. We cannot win lost people to Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not your intellect. It is not your salesmanship that's going to convince somebody they need to be saved. It's going to be the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So we have the propagation of the gospel. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be, ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. All right, number two, the power over sin. The power over our sin. Listen, you're not going to be able to walk holy. You're not going to be able to live a sanctified life without the indwelling and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because you're not good enough to do it. You've got to have his power in you to make that happen. Watch what it says. Let me prove it. Galatians 5, 16. This I say, I think there's a little typo there. It should be a T there. This I say then, walk in the spirit. That means as the spirit guides, you walk where he guides. You do what he says to do. You say what he says to say. You go where he says to go. You're walking in the spirit. You're walking in the influence and the direction and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Watch what happens if you'll do that. If you will walk in the Spirit, ye shall not. Say it with me. Ye shall. Come on. Ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Preacher, I just keep messing up over and over again. I just keep failing. I just, I'm just no good. I'm just a, I'm just a terrible Christian. I just keep falling. That's just who I No, no, stop. Don't, don't, don't make no excuse for yourself. You're not walking in the Spirit. You're not living a life filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't doubt a bit. I don't doubt a bit you're saved. I don't doubt a bit you're weak and you have problems with sin and you struggle and you keep messing up. Let me tell you something. Trying harder ain't going to change that. Let me say it again. For all those in the balcony and all of them on the floor, trying harder not to sin will not stop you from sinning. Because you can't do it in your power. What did Paul say? Oh, wretched man that I am, that that I don't want to do, I do, and that that I do, I don't want to do. And so on our own, we can't do it. But guess what? If you're following the Holy Spirit, you know what he'll do? He'll lead you not into temptation. He will deliver you from evil. He'll say, oh, don't turn that way. Keep looking straight, son. Keep looking straight. Come on. If you're filled with the Spirit, if you're walking in the Spirit, it says you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Preacher, I just got a sin problem. No, you don't. You have a being filled with the Spirit problem. Right? 
Amen. That's just as good as the rest of us. I said, I don't know why you always say amen to that. You know I'm right. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit for the propagation of the gospel. We need the Holy Spirit for the power over our sin. We need the Holy Spirit for productivity in our calling. Productivity in our calling. Look what it says, John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, he that abideth in me, and I in him. Watch this. Watch what happens. The same bringeth forth much what? Fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. How many of y'all want to be productive in your Christian life? Be filled with the Spirit. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How do you abide in Christ? By letting his word abide in you. Amen? Then then number four, real quick, real quick. Oh, yeah, we're going to make it. Y'all going to love this one. The importance of being filled, the propagation of the gospel, the power over our sin, productivity in our calling, and peace in our relationships. I, therefore, y'all, I hear flipping. I don't know what you're not flipping. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. And forbear means to bear long. It means to put up with. Say it with me. Say it again. How many of y'all got some folks you got to put up with? So how many of of y'all know you, you, you need what I'm fixing to read? Forbearing one another in love, endeavoring. I like that word. I mean, working hard at it. Working hard at it. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the in the bond of Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you this. There's going to be some folks, the only way you're going to be able to get along with them is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's just just the way it is. All right. Quickly, we got four minutes. Flip to the third page. Flip to the third page. You don't have nothing to fill in, so you can put your pen down and listen, okay? There's a lot that the Holy Spirit does that's not on this paper, okay? There's a lot that the Holy Spirit does that's not on this paper. He does stuff for sinners. He brings and convicts them of sin. Uh, he inspires the, the, the writing of the scriptures. He has all of that. But this, this is things specifically that he does for the born-again believer after he's indwelled them. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right? So this is, these are specific reasons why we need to walk in the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because he guides. John 16, 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. How many of y'all have had decisions you've had to make in your life that you need to know what the real deal is? He'll guide you. He'll guide you in what to do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go, what job to take, what job not to take. How about this? Single people, who to steer away from. Looks are deceiving and they're departed. Y'all get that in a minute. The one you said I do to, they might not be the same. 30 years from now. So you better get the Holy Ghost's opinion on the deal. Because he will guide you. Are y'all with me? He comforts. 
John 14, 16. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Y'all snicker if you want to. Beauty is skin deep, but ugly is to the bone. When beauty fades away, ugly hangs on. Come on now. I'm sorry. That was not led by the Holy Spirit. He comforts. John 14, some of y'all need some comfort right now. He says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Now remember this. It was in this chapter, it was at that time that he had just told them he was going to be leaving. And so they're broken hearted. And he's saying, listen, I got just what you need. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes life gets so troublesome, I just need God to comfort me. I just need, I mean, it's one thing for you to tell me everything's going to be all right, but it's a whole other thing when God slips up beside me and tells me everything's all right. Amen? He said, I'll send another comforter. The Holy Spirit guides, he comforts, he seals. He seals. Man, I love this. 2 Corinthians one twenty one. Now, he that establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who also, or who hath also, what's that word? Sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. And we'll see that just in a minute. He has sealed us. How do you know you're saved forever? Because I'm sealed by the Holy Ghost. I'm sealed. I am sealed. Earnest. He is our earnest, our down payment, our promise. He is the engagement ring, if you will. Watch what Ephesians 1.13 says. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that after ye believed, ye were sealed with that what? Holy. Holy Spirit of promise. Watch this. Which is the earnest of our inheritance... Until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. What does that mean? You have an inheritance waiting on you. And God said, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to dwell in you to be the earnest of your inheritance. And we all know what that means. All you real estate people, earnest money. Earnest money. When you put down earnest money, when you make an offer on a house, you're putting down earnest money saying, I'm serious about my offer. Are y'all with me? And the Holy Ghost is the seriousness of God's offer of salvation and deliverance. Somebody say amen. amen. God the Father is telling you. He put the Holy Spirit in you to let you know I'm serious about saving you. Amen. Now, he feels, Ephesians 5, 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. We've done talked about that two weeks. You know what that is. All right. He witnesses and assures. This is great. Romans 8, 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, little s, our spirit, that we are the children of God. He gives me assurance. I feel him. I know he's there. Are y'all with me? He illuminates. He illuminates. This is very important. 1 Corinthians 2, 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual 
But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why I can take my Bible, and I can be reading through the Bible, and the Holy Spirit will illuminate things and bring things to my understanding and my seeing. It will make sense to me, but yet an unbeliever can take the same chapter, and it don't make no sense to him. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not the Wall Street Journal. This is not a comic book. This is not a newspaper. It is the living word of God. It is God's mind on paper. And the only way you're going to understand God's mind on paper is to have the spirit of God inside to illuminate it to your mind. Now tell me we don't need the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now look at the last one. Thank the Lord for this one. The Holy Spirit intercedes. He intercedes. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. All we can say is help or oh God. But watch what it says. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses, our limitations. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, when I don't pray according to the will of God, he does. When I don't know what to say, he does. When I don't know what to ask for, he does. When I fall short in my petitions to God, he makes up the slack. What did Jesus tell Peter? He said, Peter, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. How many of y'all feel like that sometimes? I got good intentions. Boy, I just fall short. Your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. He said, Satan has desired to have thee, he may sift you as weak, but I have. Come on, but I have. I've prayed for thee. I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When people send me notes and tell me, preacher, I'm praying for you. Man, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. When you know people's talking to God on your behalf, man, that's encouraging. But when you find out that the Holy Spirit, who knows the mind of God and knows you better than you know yourself, is praying things for you that you don't even know what to pray for. That sure makes you appreciate the Holy Spirit who's indwelling you. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Four minutes early. Huh? Well, it's in the white. I know it. That's true. I read that wrong. Well, hey, we had three pages, man. Come on. And all God's people say it. Don't ever question Dustin. I'm telling you, don't ever do it. He's right. All right. All right. Listen, guys. Remember, remember, being filled with the Spirit for dummies. Read your Bible and and do it and do it. All right.
Let's all stand. Everybody stand. We're four minutes late. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the, the opportunity.